Valley Life Church exists to make disciples and plant churches. Inside Valley Life Church is a series of interviews with pastors, deacons, and volunteers to give listeners a fuller picture of all that's happening in our disciple-making church planning family. And I'm Brian Bowman. And I'm Sterling Edwards. Glad to be here with you, Brian. And I remember we were going over this sermon a couple of weeks ago in the Preaching Collective. And I remember thinking to myself, I can't wait to hear you preach this sermon. Uh, yeah, when we went over it in Preaching Collective, I didn't go to Luke 17, but uh, we started off with Luke 17 so that I could kind of give a a picture, not a co comprehensive picture, but a at least a picture of spiritual strength. Yeah. In there, he says, you know, the temptations to sin, but you don't want to be the guy that brings children or little ones into sin. It'd be better for a millstone. And that when I did that, I just started off by saying, we need people who will protect the weaker ones. He, yeah. he calls them um, the little ones. And of course, in Matthew, he calls them little children. So it's it's um, the vulnerable, right. the strong versus the vulnerable. And he says, you don't want to be the one that tempts the vulnerable to sin. So my application there was, let's be strong enough to protect <clears throat> the vulnerable people from this thing, this transgenderism going on in our culture, right? Where you know men are supposed to be able to be girls and girls can become men, and who gets who gets trapped in that stuff? It's the weak ones, right? Weak for whatever reason, and who get who get profits from that? It's the great ones, right? And who are going to protect people from that? It's going to be the strong ones. So that's one picture of spiritual strength. The next one is about forgiveness. He says, pay attention to yourself. If someone wants forgiveness seven times a day, forgive them. That yeah. takes spiritual strength. And when the disciples heard it, they say, increase our faith. And he says, I'm not going to increase your faith. It's not about how much faith you have. It's about having some faith at all. Um, in fact, he said, will any of you who has a servant plowing or keeping a field, once he's done with work, say, oh, I'm so glad you did that. Thank you for all your help. No, you would say, also make me some dinner. Right. And you just work here. And he said, right. we should just say, hey, we're unworthy servants. We've only done our duty. So I said, let's protect the vulnerable. Let's forgive our enemies. And let's do our duty. And, and that was almost just as a setup, or, sure. or, or like as an introduction is. So this this is where we're at. This is what it looks like. And in light of what it looks like for the Christian, for the follower of Jesus, here's the rest of what weakness yeah. Uh, so where it, do you get where do you get that kind of strength? If those yeah. are three strong, you know, three good pictures of spiritual strength. Yeah. Uh, to forgive, to protect, to just do our duty without needing someone to pat us on the back all the time. Yeah. Where do you get that kind of strength? And that's where we launched into strength comes when weakness accesses grace. Yeah. Man, I, I, that's such a, uh, a uh, I think a misunderstood component. Cause I think that even these words, when we talk about weakness and strength and, and we like to uh, maybe have like this picture of, of um, what that's supposed to look like. Or, and which I think is where we get the super apostles that right. the super apostles come across. Well, they must be the strong ones. Right. And well, for the super apostles, I was saying that the super apostles give the impression that, you know, why I'm so strong is because strength begets strength. Yeah. And strength, more, that strength begets more strength. And it's just an upward trend. It's always just going up for me. Right. And that's why y'all should follow me. And Paul says, no, no, no. Right. The humility that that goes with that, yeah. which is, well, humility is hard to teach. Yeah. Uh, no, of course, no, he, he takes on the face of the fool. Right. In order to get into the conversation. Bear with me since you guys like to talk with fools. And he starts off by... I think in verse 22 there, 
when he first starts off, he he literally is saying it's silly to even do this kind of thing. But let's just compare resumes. And he goes one to one. Are they yeah. Hebrews? So am I. Yeah. Are, are they Israelites? So am I. Are they offspring of Abraham? So am I. But then when he says, are they servants of Christ? He veers off course and says, I know they want to tell you that it goes strength to strength to strength. Right. Here's my humiliating stories. Right. Yeah, and 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 I think in light of of those things that when you come to that point where um, Paul, when you know, it's been multiple times that he's talked about. I know that I'm going to sound like a fool, Mm -hmm. but now he's talking about like now 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 I'm laying it all out here. I'm just I'm giving I'm showing you my my guts. You know that this is what I've what I've endured. This is what I've been through. Yeah. And I, it's, it is, um, I think it's multi-layered. It's ironic for sure. It's, um, it's play acting in, in a way, but also I think it's multi-layered because he says, I'm not, I, I don't think it's good to brag, but let me go ahead and brag. But the way I want to brag is by telling the, the humiliating stories and the stories of weakness. Right. Whereas, I don't even think we should be bragging at all, but if I'm going to brag, right. let me brag in that way, which is the opposite of the way super apostles would have done it. Right. Yeah. And, and, and he's gone through that. And then he, um, w- when he lists, the, I, I guess the real hardships and yeah. I, I always found that to be, um, um, I mean, well, I, again, we live in such a similar, um, world where a lot of our life revolves around pastors and, and, and we get to hear a lot of the horror stories right. that go on with pastors. And, um, and, and certainly it's not easy to be a pastor. We're not, but then when you hear Paul, what Paul has endured, sure. There is kind of put some things in perspective. Yeah. Right. I mean, to, when, when he's talking about his beatings and he's talking about, you know, shipwrecked and, um, it's one thing that uh, you felt a little bit off in the nine thirty service or whatever. <laughs> then, then you're talking about like what he's really endured. Sure, and that you know, you, we would call it torture. He's been tortured. Yeah, and and humiliated. And I think for whatever reason, he just makes his crowning story. Um, I think it begins really kind of kind of begins in verse thirty. If I must boast. Since I'm going to play this silly game, if I must boast, I will boast of things that show my weakness. And one more story of weakness. The God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is blessed forever, knows I'm not lying. One time they let me down in a basket. And on Sunday, I I said, um, you know, Moses was put in a basket and pushed off into the bulrushes to spare his life. They put a grown man in a basket and let him down over a wall. Yeah. And that's humiliating. Yeah. Yeah. You don't, you're not, again, you're not bragging about that in that way. Yeah. Uh, but then he goes on to talk about boasting in his own experiences. Um, you're talking about how, how he um, how he saw heaven. Yeah, and I did not draw this out in okay. either service, <clears throat> but I kind of wish I would have. That probably the reason he's talking about seeing heaven is because one of the claims of the super apostles is not just that they go from strength to strength to strength. And their life is always good and stuff like that. But also that I have these amazing experiences with the Lord. And and I think what Paul is saying is, well, if we want to go resume to resume, experience to experience, I have, I've had amazing experience with the Lord too, but he doesn't want to own up to the fact that it was him. So he says, it was a man 14 years ago caught up into the third heaven. Yeah. Yeah. So he down, down in one way downplays his bragging yes it, it, he's in the middle of his demonstrating his 
what maybe they would consider to be foolishness. He said, you've brought me, you've brought me to it. But even at that, he almost holds back a little bit. Totally. And that's what on verse, on verse five, on behalf of this man, I will boast, but on my own half, on my own behalf, I will not boast except of my weakness. It's like, if I'm going to play your game, I'm going to lose on purpose, except for the time when I actually am out, out telling you a story. I'm yeah. telling a greater story than yours, but I'm not going to own the fact that it was actually my story. Yeah. yeah. Did you, um, in, at your church growing up or in alfalfa or wherever, did, did you, uh, have testimony nights? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Did you like testimony pop, nights? Pop up testimony. Yeah. Pop up. Like who wants to give a testimony? When I was a kid, I loved it. I, liked, I did too. I my story. Yeah. I liked hearing everybody else's story. Uh, I, it was, I liked hearing everybody else's story. And I don't, I know that there's an element that can happen where yeah. it does, uh well you think that's a testimony yeah if the, if the testimony starts <laughs> off with oh yeah <laughs> yeah that's that's usually an indicator but and sometimes it did it did kind of go in that in that direction but it was just this um i, I liked it because and i and I, i'm not talking about like when i was like nine or ten years old but i did like it because uh you never would have had another opportunity to hear about what happened to brother jack Right. You know, uh, and, you know, he was always there to shake your hand, but you didn't know what kind of war that he'd been through, you know, and uh, I always I always thought it it was good. I know that that's not exactly what Paul's doing, but but it it makes me at least think about that. um, He's gone through something Mm -hmm. uh, and he's saying that there might be a perception of what you have seen from me or heard from me, but I'm going to I'm going to let you in on it. Right. That it's maybe not what it's been concocted to be. Yeah. Uh, and certainly it's not going to be as glamorous as what uh, the the super apostles have been. But he still has this perspective where he's still holding back. Well, not... yeah, he keeps it from being as glamorous as the super apostles by yeah. not owning up to the fact that it was actually him. Yeah. But he does say, if I were going to boast about that in verse 6, I wouldn't be a fool because I'd be speaking the truth. Yeah. In other words, it really did happen to me, but I refrain from it so that no one may think more of me than he sees in me or hears from me. I thought that was important, even though, again, I didn't get into this either. I was sort of pressed for time. Uh, and also I was sick Sunday. Yeah. But you could take that and say, uh, Paul knows that he is elder qualified. He he knows that he is an apostle and he doesn't need other stories and um, talking about stuff that happened 14 years ago to prove it to anybody. Right. Yeah, and I think that there is that that side of it where um, he there is a, obviously a confidence that he has in Christ that you you don't go through all of that without having some confidence in in Christ. Uh, the thorn in the flesh, yeah, uh, because he knows he says since I would be tempted to be conceited, and he says at the beginning and ending of the sentence, since I would be tempted to be conceited. Because of the surpassing greatness of revelations, I get this thorn. So we get it. It's a thorn in the flesh. It's a messenger of Satan. And it is intended to harass. Yeah. Beginning and ending to keep me from being conceited. I thought that was really interesting. Just that he would start and finish that sentence with with those words. Right. And uh, Sunday I said, it's, its purpose was to keep him from being conceited. But its source was Satan. Yeah. And it's a messenger, and messengers have messages. So I spent a little time just kind of wondering, you know, what might those messages be? And 
they might be look look at what you have done in your past who right. are you to be talking to anybody um look how no one cares about you these right. people you've given so much for right. they don't care god must not love you the way you would like for him to for you to have to suffer messengers have messages maybe th- those messages were like that yeah uh, maybe the message was you're in pain because his ailment might be physical right you're in pain and this pain will never go away till the day you die i mean no matter what um his actual thorn in the flesh was i think that there's a way we could relate to it yeah no there there is no question um and the sermon uh did you speculate on what that thorn i said i think in maybe both maybe one service i said i kind of think it's his eyesight yeah but I, I'm also said that I'm really glad he doesn't tell us because it it could very well be you know he says it's in the flesh yeah in the flesh can mean in his actual body yeah it could also mean it's a it's an element of temptation in his life yeah because um, I know we talked about this a few weeks ago like I said in the preaching collective and you were, were we were talking about what that thorn in the flesh would be uh, and and um, this weekend I was reading the book of Acts mm-hmm. when I was listening to the book of Acts um, you know him being blinded uh on oh. the road to yeah. uh, Damascus i just kind of made that correlation right. maybe maybe it never fully recovered to the same extent after that sure that's what i was thinking yeah through. when the scales fell from yeah. his eyes something like scales yeah. fell from his eyes maybe it maybe it comes and goes you know he says i write with such large letters right and then to one of in one of his churches he said you love me so much you would give your eyes for me right yeah, maybe that's not a saying. Maybe yeah. it's like because your eyes no, are awful. I, I could be pres- I could, when we when we talk to Paul. I mean, I know we'll in heaven we'll we'll get to ask him about it. But I think there is like that that correlation. I and I do think that it is good that it is not defined. Yeah. Um. It, it, because um, man, I don't think you have to look very far. Probably for most of us to speculate what's my what's my weakness or maybe my thorn in the flesh or the yeah. thing that I've seemed to continually struggle with. Uh. It, um, uh, gra- even though I've graduated to 50 years old, mm. uh, you, you still have those things that you, I, I, I think you can shed some things, but there's some things that just continue to kind of rear their head, so right. to speak. And, uh, and it's not like he sublimely surrenders and welcomes these sufferings. He says, no, I, I talked to God about it three different times. And he said, my grace is sufficient. Yeah. My power is made perfect in weakness. Right. And then we get sort of, you know, the theme of the whole sermon, suffering, then glory or um, the weakness accessing grace is where we become strong. Yeah. When he goes into my grace is sufficient for you, my for my power is made perfect in weakness. Um, man, I, I think that that's one of those passages that um, I know that it can be misunderstood probably in some ways, but I think that there is like this also one of the most comforting passages uh for any of us anybody you know who's going through something yeah uh to understand that there's that that the level of what that grace entails um that's huge that's a huge part of that so when we lean into it lean into it he said therefore i'll boast all the more gladly of my weakness so that the power of christ may rest upon me. i think that's why he has no problem talking about things that maybe a Christian minister would like to hide that he was shipwrecked in prison, beaten, uh, abandoned, betrayed and let down in a basket, like a baby. He's not interested in outboasting the super apostles. That's not the game that he wants to play. 
Yeah, and I think you. I'm seeing you know from your notes right here to what he what he doesn't say. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's a real interesting thing. You know, when when we're talking about the um, uh, other levels of maybe what we've come to to call the prosperity gospel or th this idea that you're you know rising up uh in in your own power or your own self yeah. and that you're you're owning it uh you got this and yeah, you just got spirituality yeah and and i think that that it's out of those you know elements that i even though it would be real clear that we don't agree with the prosperity gospel i think that even i as someone who i feel like i pay attention I underestimate the damage that that does into the lives of people right. that, that it, it, what is promised cannot be delivered. Mm -hmm. And, and, and what that does is that, uh, in the name of God, that that's what, that that's the element is that all of this is being said in the name of God. Yeah. And therefore it has a reverse effect of, um, uh, uh, this didn't work. God didn't work. Therefore yeah. maybe God doesn't love me. And you know, it, um, uh, uh you you did the sermon in the first things first series towards the beginning of the year and one of the things you said that that paul was talking about is that it worked it it, it, right. it it has worked in my life and then you have to almost contrast that with these other elements this didn't this didn't work and it's ultimately because it wasn't the actual gospel right but that's where it just begins to kind of like fall apart yeah, we god think is under no obligation to keep our claims he will keep his claims. But that idea that, you know, you see people say God gives his strongest storms to his strongest warriors or stuff like that. You yeah. see, him, there's nothing in the scripture that say about that. Yeah. You know, in in our weakness, when the storm is too much for us, we access his grace. And that's what makes us strong. You know, I, was, I, I know you. I was preaching at a, at a church this weekend in Louisiana. They had a big nacho fellowship afterwards. Everybody's sitting around this fellowship hall uh metal chairs the you know the rectangle tables and uh i don't know anybody i mean i'm just sitting there and there's probably like eight people around the table and you know people are talking they're wanting to share and everybody that talked um was sharing with me like their story of adversity mm -hmm. uh and, and and truly like uh you know one guy he said cancer two times he's he's 30 years old he's already wow. dealt with it two times in his life another um person um had a different you know diagnosis another person they lost a child and it, it it's not that um i mean it, honestly it was it was moving to hear their stories um but i know you and i talk about this concerning our own kids like people are going to go through something right. that is going to lead them to understanding their weakness and their absolute dependence upon God's power. Yeah. And and there is a gift in the weakness. It, it's not that you wish this upon somebody, yeah. but there is this gift of understanding how vulnerable and weak we actually are. Yeah. And it's true. It's just not true that we go from strength to strength to strength. That's yeah. just not the way it is. Yeah. And we can look for um the good. Uh, we can look for the good in suffering and all that, you know, try to find the the silver the lining is yeah the fact is it's true this is the true way god has chosen to do it and we don't have to agree with it we don't have to understand it paul is able to get there and say i'm content he doesn't ever say i like it but i'm content with weaknesses insults hardships persecutions calamities we can find contentment with it or you cannot but it's still true this is what the lord has done yeah
Yeah. So what did you literally want them to do? Uh, use their spiritual power. If, if, like you said, if you were to sit around a fellowship hall with Valley Life people, you'd hear a lot of people who have come through right. their troubles and their calamities, their betrayals and all that, and have been made strong. So those of you who are walking in strength right now because you've been through your trouble, use that strength, like I said, to protect the little ones, forgive the guilty, and do your duty as a child of God. And then when you are weakened by suffering, I used a um, a quote I've used before by the Bidi Anyabwile. Yeah. The next time suffering comes into your room, say, welcome, my slave. Produce for me the glory that God has designed. And, yeah. you know, that's aspirational. I really want to be able to do that. There's times when I have. I think I've said before when three things happen to me in a row that I feel like are out of the ordinary and they're all bad. I go, oh, yeah. So we're going to do this. Yeah. I guess I will say, welcome, my slave. Yeah. You're going to make me stronger. Let's go ahead and get to work. Yeah. Yeah, which again, I think that that is such a um, man. The quote is so powerful, um, but it's only probably powerful to those of us who have been through through those things. Yeah. You know, to just to maybe to come out, you know, on the other side of some of these things and to see how God was was orchestrating that. But I the, guess if I had a little more time, I could say or don't say that and just suffer in vain. Yeah, <laughs> that's not going to help. Yeah, you might as well grow. Yeah. When I, I do, I do, um, again, I'm sitting there at the table the other night and this one lady asked me, she's like, well, what about the people who don't get over it? Like, how do they get through it without God? That, that's, I mean, which sounds like a fair enough question, but I, I, I said, you know, ultimately, um, people adapt towards finding out the next thing to try to numb their life to be able to get through the next moment right. and it, you go moment by moment and, and and basically you end up you can wait it you can waste a lifetime right. uh through num through numbing through numbing your life and and it's it never produced um there is a way around it you know and it, it, it's not god's plan it's not god's intent uh but i think that that's where it's like leaning into your your weakness and a, a understanding what God wants to do and produce within your life. Um, I do think it's the only way. And I, I love the idea that it says, welcome my slave. I, I mean, I love that is we're coming from a position of strength, God's strength. So I think that has to be the perspective, but there's also, I think people that they, um, they miss it. They miss it. And, and um, I don't know why, you know, but I mean, they're life, they are miserable for, for a lifetime, you know, yeah. and uh, um, those, those are so hard. Man, such a powerful passage.